been in a series called Spirit Led. The Holy Spirit told me a long time ago that we need to get in a place where if us as believers who, who, who follow God, we need to be led by our spirit. Uh, you, you have a spirit. It's the real you. It's who you are. It's on the inside. This is not real life. You know, this is, this is what we exist in, but your real reality is your spirit. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2 real quick, and we'll read that, and we'll jump in here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 says, No, as it is written, what no eye has ever seen, what no ear has ever heard, what never entered into the mind of man, God has prepared for all those that love him. So for all of us that love God, God has things prepared that's going to blow your mind. Amen. You've never heard about these things. You've never even dreamed up these things. You've never even seen things like the things that God wants to do for you. He wants to bless you. And so in verse 10, he says, and God has revealed it to us. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And as the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, he wants to show you things that, let me tell you, the most creative people in the world should be those believers of God. Why? Because inside of you are things that no one's ever dreamed up before. Inside of you are things that no one's ever thought of, things that nobody's ever talked of. It's inside of you. There is a creative spirit inside of you. And God reveals those very things through the Holy Spirit. He says, for the Spirit fathoms everything, even the depths of God. What human being can understand the thoughts of a man except a man's own inner spirit? You have an inner spirit. You are a spirit. So too, no one understands the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. But the cool thing is, he said that God reveals things to us, how? By the spirit. So surely that means that even the very thoughts of God are revealed to you. God's not even holding what he thinks back from you. You ever just wondered, wonder what God would say about this? Ask him. Ask him. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in you and he wants to reveal to you the very thoughts of God. Oh. <laughs> we understand because God bestows upon us. Verse 13. And this is what we discuss using language taught by no human, wisdom but by the Spirit. We interpret what is spiritual in spiritual language. So we've been looking at how we are spirit. Mankind was created spirit. The, Jesus said that God is spirit. All right? And, and God said, let us make man after our image. So you were created spirit. That's how we were created. And then we were wrapped in flesh. And so we have the same area of God. Now, what I want to look at today, and, and I told you we've got three weeks, we're going to look at how God speaks. We've seen that God speaks to your own inner voice, your inner spirit. We've seen that uh, God will speak to us through the scriptures. We, last week, what did we talk about? Oh, he speaks to us through words of prophecy. Well, this week, let's go to Acts chapter 2 again and verse uh, 14. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. It says, and Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, you need to clearly understand what is happening. 
here. These people are not drunk like you think they are. So in case you ever think we're weird and we act a little strange, we're not drunk. He said, these aren't drunk like you think they are, seeing it's only nine o'clock for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. He said, but this is the fulfillment of what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody. Amen. Whew, yeah. He said, I will pour out my spirit on everybody and I will cause your sons and your daughters to prophesy. How many in here is a son? Come on, every guy in the place should have raised your hand. <laughs> How, let's try this one. Women are usually smarter than men. How many in here are daughters? There we go. See, a whole lot different reaction there. He says, I will call you. He says, on his spirit. He said, I will cause your sons and your daughters to prophesy. So we can all prophesy. Now, I'm not talking about foretelling. We looked at last week what prophecy is. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. When we speak to someone and God gives us a word for someone, it should do those three things. He said then, he said, your young men will see visions. Well, what's young? Well, it depends on who you're standing next to, I guess. <laughs> Amen. I'm younger than Ted. But Ted's younger than, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Ted's younger than Bob. So you're young, and Bob's younger than somebody else. Jim, let's go. So we're all, so even your young men will see vision. See, there's nobody getting out of this. Everyone should be so tied into the Holy Spirit that we should be prophesying, we should be seeing visions. And what else did he say? He said, and your uh, old men will experience dreams from God. I'm older than Reese. I'm older than Tyler. So I should be getting dreams. Tyler's older than Reese. You should be getting dreams. See, nobody escapes, folks. We are so tied to the Spirit that God wants to use you. He doesn't want to just use me. We've got this, church world's got this thing all screwed up. They think, well, it's the people up front. They're the ones that should be doing all this. No! Every believer should be doing this. Every believer should be prophesying, should be experiencing visions from God, and should be experiencing dreams from God. Every believer. You, I don't have any more Holy Spirit in me than you do. So don't leave it on me to do the work. Let's do this thing together. Verse 18. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesying. So today we're going to talk about another one of those three that God wants to use. And usually when you start getting into this stuff, people start freaking out a little bit. Oh, you're talking about visions and we'll talk about visions next week. Because you know, visions are scriptural, right? Let me take you another step further just to hopefully wet your whistle a little bit for next week. Did you know trances are scriptural too? Oh, got quiet in here. Oh, now you're talking like weird stuff. <laughs> That's right, Carrie. It just went. <laughs> Trances are even of God. It's scriptural. It's not weird. Other religions just took it. That's right. But today I want to talk about dreams and how that we can be led by God through our dreams. 
The purpose of a dream is to awaken us to what God is doing in our life. The purpose of a dream is to, is, is, can be give direction. It's to illuminate the truth of what God says. The purpose of a dream should confirm vision in you. Now, I was going to share this at the end, but you remember I told you, Dee and I spent a few years in Canada. We were blessed with the opportunity to go to Canada. Uh, we had a great opportunity to uh, minister to a, a Mennonite church there for uh, a couple years. Well, as we were going, well, as we were preparing to go before we ever started, let me tell you how this thing worked out. God spoke to me and said, Brent, I'm in prayer one day, and he says, I'm gonna move you this year. I said, move me? I, I was pastoring the church, I was happy. It was actually a church that we pioneered and started. We had been there for about seven years, we were happy, Ted. And God says, all right, God, what do you mean you're gonna move me this year? You're gonna move me to another level? You know, that can mean a whole lot. And I thought, well, just in case he means he's gonna put me in another church. So the next day I'm sitting in the house and uh, I'm just kind of looking, seeing what's out there and, and all this stuff. And Sydney comes through the house and she says, what are you doing? I said, I'm just looking at the internet and seeing what churches are out there and what's going on. She said, you know what, we should move to Canada. The next day I get an email. I had not put a resume online at any pastor site in years because I'd been I was happy. The next day I get an email that said, are you still looking for a church and would you consider a small town in North Central Canada? God wants to lead you this way, folks. This isn't some weird thing. This is how God wants to lead us. And I said, um, yes. <laughs> And so I began to say, God, okay, I'm doing this. This is going to be a huge step. I'm taking my family out of the country. We're, we're, we're going way, way up north. You go to Fargo, North Dakota, and then go about six hours further north. And uh, I was like, God, well, God gave me a dream one night. Let me tell you how funny this is. Dee asked God, she said, God, will you please show me in a dream something that we are supposed to do this? She got up the next day and I began to tell her this dream I had and she said, God, you missed it. I was over here. <laughs> but I had this dream. I was driving down this long, straight dirt road and dust was flying up all behind me and I looked in the back seat and Brother Hagen, if you don't know who Brother Hagen is, I'm talking about Brother Kenneth Hagen. Do yourself a favor, look him up. Brother Hagen was sitting in the back seat and I said, what are you doing here? And he said, you're gonna take me to them. And I knew what that meant. He was the founder of the Bible college that Dee and I graduated from. And I knew what he meant. We were gonna take that message of faith to this group of people. And I'm like, okay, God. So I wake up and I'm like, what in the world? A long, I mean, this was the straightest road ever. Hey, Bobby, go to the very last, one of those last screens. There is a picture of a, of a, of in this town that I took. That's in town. Once you got to the edge of town, it was all dirt roads and there was not a curve anywhere. As straight as you could possibly get. So Dee and I were driving and we get into this town and the one highway we're in, it, deads in, it dead ends in this town. 
And then they said, oh, well, the, our old building is about 12 miles out of town and that's the road going to it. God wants to lead you. I woke up right then. I had three dreams concerning going to Canada. I, I, and before I ever saw the place, that's what it looked like. Another one I saw was at a, was a restaurant. I got up the next day and I told Dee, I said, there's this restaurant and this is, it. and I described it to her to a T. So most of you all have heard me tell this before. I mean, I exactly, this is what's on the wall. This is the color of the carpet. This is the color of the chairs. This is their tablecloths. Well, they, we finally get to Canada and they said, well, let's go out to breakfast the next morning. And so we go out to breakfast and we walk in and I see this restaurant and I said, Dee, this is it. And we walk in and she's going, oh my. I said, around this corner, there's this picture hanging on the wall right over here and it's this. And she's like, why? Because God wants to lead you in dream. This is not just something weird for me. God wants to lead all of you. He speaks to your spirit all the time and he will speak to your spirit through your dreams. Your dreams can lead you so clearly into the next thing God has for you if we'll just pay attention. Whew. So it excites me a little bit. See, that's what dreams are supposed to do. They're supposed to confirm a direction that God's already putting you in. They are miraculous. Dreams can be, now sometimes it's just bad pizza dreams. <laughs> okay? You got to know the difference and we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. So I'm gonna try to hurry. Go to Genesis chapter uh, 37. I'm gonna show you some scripture that dreams are biblical. God wants to lead us by dreams. Now I'm gonna tell you, get ready. Because usually when we start preaching this, is people start having all kinds of crazy experiences through dreams. So get ready. So in Genesis chapter 37, here we have Joseph. He's doing his thing. His brothers already hate him. He's out mining his own business. His dad, you know, is giving him this nice pretty coat and he's out there. And then in verse 37, I mean verse 37, in chapter five, verse, chapter 37 of verse five, don't laugh at me, Elizabeth. From the message, he says, and Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And he said, listen to this dream I had. We were all out in a field gathering bundles of wheat, and all of a sudden, my bundle stood straight up, and your bundles circled around it and bowed down to me, to mine. And his brother said, so you're going to, going to rule us? You're going to boss us around? And they hated him even more than ever because of the dreams, uh, because of his dreams and the way he talked. And he had another dream. And he told, he told this one as well to his brothers. You'd think he'd learn. He said, I dreamed another dream and the sun and the moon and 11 stars. Now, if you don't know, Joseph had 11 brothers. And the sun and the moon was his mom and dad. He said, I saw the sun and the moon and 11 stars and they bowed down to me. And when he told it to his father and his brothers, his father reprimanded him. What is, all, what is with all this dreaming? And see, this is usually where people argue with us about dreams. What's with all this dream stuff? God don't know. You're talking all this other, no, God wants to talk to you through the dreams. He says, what's with all this dreaming? Am I and your mother, am, am I and your mother and your brothers all supposed to bow down to you? Now this 
it was, now his brothers were really jealous, but his father brooded over the whole bit. It made his father mad, but he still thought about it. Now you all know the story about Joseph. His brothers catch him out in the field. They decide to kill him. One brother says, no, let's don't kill him. So let's just make it look like he's dead and we'll throw him in a well. So they threw him in a well, ripped up his coat, put goat's blood on it. A group of nomads come through and they sell him into slavery. He's shipped off to Egypt. And in Egypt, he's bought. Now imagine you have a dream where people are bowing to you. That God has given you a direction that this is where you're going. See, here's the problem. Sometimes God gives us dreams and we know God gave us a dream, but we let the circumstances of life rob it from us. And we give up our dream. Joseph, he was, he was sold once, sold again, then he made his good for himself and became a head of a man's house. Then he had some women, woman trouble. The man gets mad, throws him in prison. That's a long way from his dream. Folks, it doesn't matter if God puts a dream in your heart and God has revealed a direction for your life in a dream. No matter what circumstances come your way, you hold on. Like a bulldog on a bone. You hold on. Because circumstances doesn't determine whether God's going to fulfill your dream or not. Mm, glory. See, what happens is, everybody, let's just talk about the language of dreams real quick. They, they're visions while you're asleep, basically. And, and, and prophetic dreams, are, they're easy to remember. You ever got up and had a weird dream and you thought, that was just weird. <laughs> and it doesn't do nothing. By the end of the day, you forgot about it. Let me tell you, a dream from God won't do that to you. You will have this dream and it will gnaw at you and it will bug you and it will drive you nuts. Some of you in here are probably going back and thinking about dreams that you had years ago and you still haven't figured out what they mean. But you can't let go of it and you remember every detail of it like it was yesterday. See, that's a prophetic dream that God's dropped in you and he's just waiting for, the, you're, he's just waiting for you to catch the interpretation of it. See, that's what a prophetic dream does. It drives you crazy until you can get the answer. So we back to Joseph. So now he finds himself in prison and he, he, he does good for himself again. He becomes the ruler of the prison. And all of a sudden in comes Pharaoh's butler and baker. And so we pick this story up in Genesis chapter 40. In Genesis 40 verse, uh, what, seven and, yeah. Verse, uh, let's go six. I think it's on there. And when Joseph arrived in the morning, he noticed that they were feeling low. And so he asked them, the two officials of Pharaoh who had been thrown into jail with him, what's wrong? Why the long faces? And he said, we dreamed dreams. See, not only does God want to lead you by your dreams, but he wants to use you to lead others by their dreams. He wants you to be able to interpret somebody's dream. <laughs> we're not going to go into the meaning of things like colors and numbers and we'll do that for some other time but breathe it's okay <laughs> he gets all quiet <gasps> this is scripture he said we dream dreams and there's no one to interpret them joseph said 
don't interpretations from, from, come from God? And he said, tell me the dream. So the butler started. He says, I was standing in front and there's these, this vine came up and it had three, there's three branches on it and they all produce grapes. And he says, and I squeezed the grapes into a cup and I took the cup and I gave it to Pharaoh. And Joseph says, well, good news for you, buddy. Those three branches determine that there are three days and you will stand in front of Pharaoh and you will be buttling again. He's okay. Well, the, the baker's over here and he gets excited. He said, well, let me tell you my dream. He said, I had a dream that there was these three baskets full of pastries and I was carrying them on my head to Pharaoh and birds came down and they began to eat out of the baskets. And as they begin to eat out of the baskets, they begin to pluck at me. Joseph said, well, it's not going to end so well for you. He said, the three baskets represents three days, but Pharaoh's going to have you killed. And then the birds are going to pluck at you. Whew. Well, that's no fun. Joseph then looks at the butler and says, do me a favor. When you get out of here in three days, please tell Pharaoh about me. I was sold as a slave. I made it good in Potiphar's house. I ended up in prison because of that woman. And here I am. I'm doing good here. I'm the leader here. And so now we're going to pick it up in Genesis chapter 41. See, Joseph is the prime example of what a New Testament believer should be operating in. He is a prime example of what the New Testament believers should be operating in. In, in. in chapter 41, verse 14, he says, and Pharaoh, now Pharaoh had a dream and nobody could interpret the dream. And then finally, the butler says, hey, there's this guy, when, I was, when you threw me in prison, there was this guy down there and I had a dream and he told me what the dream meant and it came to pass just like what, what, he, what, you, what he said it was going to happen. And so at once, this is where we pick it up, Pharaoh at once sent for Joseph and they brought him on the run from the jail cell. Now here's the thing. Let's go back and talk about, remember the, the dreams Joseph started out with, with the stalks and the stars? Then he ends up in a pit. Then he ends up in a palace. Then he ends up in a prison. How many years does it take? We don't know, but I can tell you from the time he, pro he, he interpreted the dream for the butler until the time Pharaoh had this dream, it was two years. You can't give up on your dreams. No matter how impossible, no matter how bad the circumstances have come to you, you can't give up on what God has put inside of you. And so two years later, Pharaoh has a dream. The butler tells him about it. And here's where we pick it up. He said, he cut his hair. He put on some clean clothes and he came to Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, I had a dream. I dreamed a dream. Nobody can interpret, but I've heard that just by hearing a dream, you can interpret it. No pressure, right? And Joseph said, not me, not I, but God will set Pharaoh's mind at ease. See, God wants to use you not only to dream a dream for confirmation and direction and guidance in your own life, but he wants to use you to help ease other people's minds as you interpret their dreams for them. You ever wondered why somebody tells you about the craziest dream they had? And you're like, well, why are you telling me this? Huh, what do I got to... Maybe that was God 
Just poking, saying, hey, listen to this real close because I want to talk to your spirit. I want you to put Tyler's mind at ease. So listen. So Joseph says, I can't do it, but God can. And so he begins to tell the story that he was, the Pharaoh was standing in front of the Nile. And he says, and as I stood in front of the Nile River, seven big, fat, healthy cows come up out of the Nile. And they begin to graze and they got fat and, and, and they got healthy and, 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 and everything was, was going good. He said, and then all of a sudden there were seven sick, ugly, nasty looking cows. They come up out of the Nile and they begin to eat the cows that were healthy. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit drops something in t- inside of jo- Joseph and he says, seven fat, healthy cows are seven years of prosperity that are coming to you. Make plans. Because after those seven years of prosperity, there's seven years of famine that's coming. But if you'll make the plans that I can give you, you will be successful even through the hard years. This influenced so much that all of a sudden now, Joseph, so many years later, stands in front of all of Egypt as the second in command of all of Egypt. And everybody that comes to him has to treat him like Pharaoh himself and everyone that comes to him has to bow down. Sounds like the fulfillment of a dream. God wants to take your dreams and make them a reality. He wants to not only give you a dream, but he wants to show you a dream that will show you the next step in your life. That will show you the, 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 the future of your life. He gave that dream way back in the, in the past to show Joseph his future. And circumstances couldn't change that because now all of a sudden we find Joseph standing in front of all of Egypt as the number two. Well, when the famine came after seven years, this is how long this took. When the famine started, Joseph's family was starving. Remember, his father thought he was dead. Do y'all know this story? He sent the brothers, and the brothers had to do what? They bowed down. See, your dreams are not just some weird thing that happens at night. Now, sometimes they are. You eat sushi before going to bed, it'll mess you up. It does me, Lon. I just have crazy dreams after that. But there's those times when you wake up and you think, what did this mean? My gosh, there was something in that. This will change me if I can just figure out what it is. See, that's God trying to lead you in your dream. And what you just need to do is sit down with God and say, okay, God, no matter how long it takes, you're going to show me what this means. Dee sat up on the side of the bed this morning. She said, you know what? I said, what? She said, I dreamed last night. I said, you did. And so she began to lay out this dream for me. And you know what? She didn't need me to interpret it. All of a sudden, God just started showing her some things about her near future that's going to happen. See, God wants to direct you. See, you are so close that God wants to direct you. And one way that he's going to direct you is by dreams. Please don't be afraid to realize that this is from God. And you don't have to work to get, get anywhere. And sometimes there's symbolism in it. Usually when it's a prophetic dream, everything, most things mean something. Most things 
mean something. We were getting ready to go to Canada. And I woke up and I said, D. And this is before, this was right when they were trying to decide whether we were going to be the next pastor couple or not. And I woke up and I said, D, we're going to go. She said, how do you know? I said, I had this dream. She said, what do you mean? I said, I was standing in, a, in, in, in this place and I was covered in leaves from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And it was Brother Hagen again. He said, he stood up in front of me. He said, hey, I just want you to know. I said, what? He said, maple leaves look good on you. <laughs> well, what's that got to do with anything? Have you ever seen the Canadian flag? It's a big giant maple leaf. So I knew. Now let me tell you what else happened. There was a woman prophesied to me that we would only be there two years. Because we were moving for, hey, this is it. We're going to Canada, Sydney. You know, you'll live in Winnipeg if you want a big city. You know, it's just the way it's going to be. And uh, there's a lady come to me and said, well, I'm, I'm just going to tell you something. She said, I said, what? She said, you're only going to be gone two years. I'm like, okay. She said, no, really, you're going to be gone two years. And you'll learn more from them than they learn from you. And that almost made me mad. <laughs> I've got a couple degrees, Linda. I've been doing this for 30 some years. I've got a little bit to offer, I thought. <laughs> And I tell you what, if it wasn't true to this day, almost two years, almost exactly, almost exactly, it was two years and two months, or three months, we were on our way back home to West Virginia, trusting God again. Maple Leaf was fun for a couple years. We saw, so, we saw a town changed. We saw a church changed. We saw so many, we, 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 got to, we got to go into the public schools and, and, and in an area where it's very anti-religion. We got to go into the public schools. They got to set up a Bible club where they actually would close down the, kid, the, the classes and let all the kids that want to come and, and we got to minister the gospel to them. We've got to, we got to see like 25 or 30 uh, kids receive the, the awakening of, to their salvation that God has provided for them. We got to see all that stuff. All because of three little dreams. Three dreams. I didn't hear this big giant word from God, thus saith the Lord, Brett, you're going to go. I had three dreams. And it led me into a two-year time of my life where we got to see great, great things. And it was such a blessing. Folks, your dreams can take you places where you never, ever dreamed you were going to go. My daughter got to play volleyball in two countries. My son got to experience things in two countries that other people don't get to experience and get to have. But you know what? That's not exclusive to me because God has just great things in store for you too. And he wants to speak to you in the middle of the night when everything else is shut down. He wants to wake you up and he wants it to gnaw at you and just, oh, you, you just got to get it. Amen. Dreams, folks, are of God. Let's just, let's close this out.
God was always going to be consistent. Now, I want to give you just a few biblical examples of dreams and then we're going to go. Abraham. When we go to Genesis chapter uh, 15, God's dealing with Abraham in verse 12. He says, he says, and as the sun went down, deep sleep came over Abraham and his senses of dread and dark were dark and dark and heavy. And God said to Abraham in this dream, he said, know this, your descendants will live as outsiders in a land that is not theirs. And they'll be enslaved and beaten down for 400 years. Now this doesn't sound real good, but you got to understand where this happened. See, after Joseph had ministered to his brothers and he finally revealed himself and it was a great big giant family reunion, he moved all his family into Egypt. 400 years later, all of Joseph's family and everybody that was related to him were slaves in Egypt. So before Joseph was ever born, God had birthed a dream inside of an ancestor that told him what his people was going to be and how they were going to live. I'm telling you, you we're, relate, we're, we're all connected in this. He said, know that you're, and they'll be uh, beaten down for 400 years. Then I will push their, punish their slave masters. Your offspring will march out of there loaded with plunder. You see, there's a good turn to this dream. But not you. You'll have a long life, a full life, and die a good and peaceful death. Not until the fourth generation will your, return, your descendants return here. Sin is still a thriving big business among the Amorites. He said, hey, look, I'm doing all this stuff, but for you, he told him his, he told him, he told him what his ancestors would go through. What his descendants, I should say, would go through. Folks, this is the power of a dream. Your dreams not only affect you, they affect generations upon generations. Moms and dads, your dreams will affect your children. Matter of fact, God will tell you right now what's to go on with your kids, even in their future. But we got to listen to our spirit. We got to take these dreams and make them ours. Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. Solomon's in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. He said that night... That, there in Gibeon, God appeared to Solomon in a dream. And God said, what can I give you? Ask. And we know the story. This is where Solomon asked for wisdom. And he became the wisest man in the world. But where did his direction come from? His dream. God will appear to you in your dream. I made it a habit a long time ago. Ruth, before I lay down, I asked Holy Spirit. I said, talk to me tonight. Either visit me in my room or, wake me, or give me a dream. And I'm convinced that every night he does. If I'll just listen to it. Well, how do I listen to it? You're going to have to t take some steps. Get you a notepad. Get you a pad of paper. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Did you know Jesus is here, was, came as a result of a dream? Jesus' whole lineage would have been messed up if one man didn't obey a dream. Well, what do you mean? Matthew chapter 1. Jesus' stepdad, Joseph. <laughs> he said, and while he was trying to make, he said, okay, wait a minute. She came to me, she says she's pregnant. That she didn't be with anybody else. 
But here she is, she's carrying a baby and she said it's God's baby. Sure. <laughs> so he's sitting there and he's trying to figure all of this out. And he said he had a dream. And God's angels spoke in a dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. What if he didn't listen to this dream? Then Mary would have been considered bad girl. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Mary would have been considered that and Jesus would, Jesus would have been considered fatherless child. Okay? And wouldn't have ever been able to walk in his full destiny. <laughs> See how important it is? You say, well, God, no. Joseph was vital to the birth of Jesus. We know Mary was. But see, what, so what happens? He trusts Holy Spirit. We've got to learn to trust God in our dreams. So we already saw, let me tell you something. You are so, people's spirits are so connected to God that even people who don't claim to know God have prophetic dreams. Remember Pharaoh? We already talked about him. Even Jesus at Jesus's trial came from a result of a dream. Remember Pilate's wife? Matthew 27 verse 19 says, while Pilate was sitting in his judgment seat, his wife sent him a message that says, don't have anything to do with this innocent man, for I have suffered great <coughs> deal today in a dream because of him. But Pilate didn't listen to her dream, but she knew who Jesus was through a dream. So Jesus doesn't need us standing up there beating something that somebody down to get through to him who he is. He'll speak to them too. Folks, you have dreams. So what do we do with these things? How, how do we, what, what do we do with dreams? Again, get you a notebook. I think it might come up on the screen. Write it down. So you can later determine in prayer if this was a God dream or this was just some strange thing you ate before you went to bed. Sushi midnight dreams. <laughs> write it down. If you don't write it down, you'll forget. Even prophetic dreams, you will forget them if you don't write them down. So get you a notepad, get you a notepad, get you a notebook, do a, 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 a voice memo, do something. Every detail you can remember about that dream because the next part is, is, is important. Then you need to start praying into that dream. Find out whether they're spirit-led. Ask God. We, we sang the song, Ron sang the song today. God is not withholding anything back. He's not, hiding the, he's not hiding the meaning of this dream from you. Sometimes I just get so frustrated in it, I don't take time to listen, Sally. Write it down and then start praying. He's not trying to hide the meaning of your dreams. My goodness. <clears throat> Jody had a dream about a man standing on this stage and a big mouth coming out of his belly. But he was speaking the word of God because the word says his, food, his words were sweet and they were nourishment to my belly. 
So even the strange things can be God. So write it down, pray about it, ask God. He's not trying to hide the meaning from you, I promise you. He will tell you what this dream means. And if you're still struggling, then talk to somebody, a trusted person. Talk to a trusted person, somebody you know, somebody who's interpreted dreams before. Remember Joseph? They went and got Joseph and brought him into to, to Pharaoh. So, you know, some kind of spiritual counseling, uh, a pastor, a friend, a spiritual mentor, go, somebody that you can share this and they're gonna look at you and say, oh, something's wrong. There's some deep-seated issues in you. No, find somebody who's gonna listen to you with a heart that's open and say, okay, tell me, and we'll find out together what God is trying to say here. Folks, God wants you to be led by dreams. He wants this for you. There was a young man came into one of the churches I pastored one time, and I'm gonna close with this. This girl who was going to our church, she brought him in. And uh, they had been dating for just a few weeks. Well, they, I, honestly, they, they started dating when he got out of prison. And he walks in and he's, what, 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, big guy, you know, tatted to his knuckles and, you know. And uh, he came in, you know, with this hardcore <laughs> person. And when he walked in the door, Adrian, Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I walked over to him, Missy, and I said, you're here because of a dream you had. He eyeballs me. And then, Sandy, Holy Spirit told me what the dream was. So I just began to tell him what his dream was. And he's not standing like this anymore. Now he's standing like this. And then Holy Spirit said, this is what that dream means. And I began to relay the message that Holy Spirit was trying to tell him. And he went from standing to standing to flat out on his face. As this big hardened guy just wept and wept and wept. Because the reality of salvation was made real to him. That's why we listen to Holy Spirit. That's why you dream that's why you interpret dreams. I don't just interpret dreams. Maisie can interpret these dreams. That's why he wants you to do it because he wants to lead you and he wants you to help lead others into their greatness by dreams. And he will empower all of you to do this. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Father, this is not some weird thing that you just do in me. But Father, this is what you want for all your children. And so now, Holy Spirit, we ask that you not only invade our cars, as we've looked at through this series, don't just invade our showers, like we've looked at, but Holy Spirit, we give you opportunity. Invade our dreams. Show us things to come. Show us direction. Show us guidance. Show us salvation. Show us who and what and where to minister. Show, help us find, uh, find direction in their lives through the dreams that you've given them. Father, I just speak right now and I release this all over this room. 
that our dreams are invaded by the glory of God. And I thank you, Father, for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, don't.